We are Sikhs. Sikh Americans. We believe in equality, tolerance, and respect for all. Because Sikh values are American values. We are doctors. PTA moms. Patriots. We are Americans. We like Game of Thrones. I'm obsessed with Star Wars. I've seen every episode of SpongeBob because that's what my daughters like to watch. We, we, we are Sikhs. Namaste, and welcome to the second episode of Fireside Chai. I'm your host, Vikas Shankar. The TV ad you just heard is part of the new campaign by the National Sikh Campaign, an advocacy group. The goal is to educate the American public on how wearing a turban doesn't equal being a terrorist. These ads will soon be played in major areas where Sikhs have been targeted the most, but we'll get into that campaign and what it's about later in the episode. First, I want to say... It's been a long time. After the first episode in January, I had a good feeling I could come out with a new episode every month, if not every week. But sometimes other things in life take precedence. For example, I got married in India in February. And that pretty much halted everything for at least a month. And it's been slow to get back on track. I'll talk about that experience in another episode. What I envisioned for this podcast was to create thoughtful episodes that delve deeper into the issues rather than just finding out the latest news. So while I want to continue these in-depth episodes, I've also realized the importance of having regular news updates so you guys stay informed on what's happening across the country. So from now on, I'll be providing those weekly news updates. These can be 5-minute episodes or 30-minute episodes. It just depends on what's happening. I also want to interview you guys and get your take on what's happening in the news. So if you want to be on Fireside Chai, just let me know by emailing firesidechai at gmail.com. That said, it's time for a quick news update. If you're in South Carolina, resident or visiting, it may be worth stopping by at the South Carolina State Museum in the city of Columbia. Starting April 29th, the museum is holding an exhibition exploring Indian Americans' imprint on the United States. The exhibition is called Beyond Bollywood, Indian Americans Shape the Nation. It explores the contributions of Indian Americans from the time of this country's railroad binge to the latest tech entrepreneurs. The goal is to move past the stereotypes and the possible notion that we break into dance in the middle of the day. The Smithsonian holds the exhibition, which is free for museum members, and $8.95 for adults, $7.95 for seniors 62 and above, and $6.95 for children between 3 and 12. It's free for children under 3. You can go to scmuseum.org for more information. The exhibition ends July 9th. American Bazaar Wire is reporting that an Indian American CEO who allegedly mistreated a house worker from India by forcing long hours at several U.S. homes, has settled a lawsuit for $135,000. The story reports that CEO Himanshu Bhatia of Rose International, an IT staffing company, will pay her former houseworker Sheila Ningwal, a citizen of India, $54,348 in wages. The same amount is going to be paid in liquidated damages, plus an additional 26000 in gross sum damages. 
The lawsuit was filed by the U.S. Department of Labor and complained that Batia paid Ningual just $400 per month while forcing Ningual to work 15 and a half hour days every day. Apparently, Batia forced Ningual to sleep with her dogs on a piece of carpet in the garage while seizing Ningual's passport. Except, of course, to travel to her other homes across the country. Also, Batia f- allegedly fired Ningual when she learned that the housemaid was researching U.S. labor laws. And when Batia asked Ningual to sign a document that stated the worker was paid properly with no disputes, Ningual refused and filed a complaint. On top of that, this isn't just a she-said-she-said thing. U.S. authorities officially testified that Batia violated the Fair Labor Standards Act. President Donald Trump signed a new executive order this week called the Buy American and Hire American Act. The news is welcomed by the American voters who helped him eke out victories in key Midwestern states during the November presidential election. It may also be welcomed by Indian origin American citizens because, you know, we are U.S. citizens. It should help us, right? But for those Indian citizens wishing to live the American dream and for American tech firms feeling the sting of low labor supply, it's maybe the first step toward a closing of economic borders. So how does it work? While the executive order itself only directs federal agencies to change the rules for the competitive H-1B visa in order to rig job growth in favor of American workers, H-1B visas are non-immigrant work visas used by U.S. companies to temporarily hire foreign workers for highly skilled jobs. Firms apply and are awarded H-1B visas on a lottery system. The H-1B visa is highly coveted by tech firms in both the U.S. and in India, partly due to the lack of highly skilled tech workers in the United States. The majority of H-1B visas are given to Indian workers, primarily from companies like Infosys, Wipro, and Tata Consultancy. While the executive order itself doesn't change the system, it fulfills a campaign promise by Trump to bring good jobs back to American citizens. Speaking in front of 100 workers at a rally in Wisconsin Tuesday, Trump said, Right now, H-1B visas are awarded in a totally random lottery, and that's wrong. Instead, they should be given to the most skilled and highest paid applicants, and they should never, ever be used to replace Americans. While workers cheered, business executives were more ambivalent, according to a New York Times story. And not surprisingly, Democrats reportedly had little hope for the executive order's impact on job growth. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the first Indian Idol is... is Ladies and gentlemen, the first Indian Idol is... Abhijit Sarma! Have you ever wanted to be on an Indian singing talent show like Sarigamapa or Indian Idol, but felt far removed growing up in North America? I did, uh, but although I never really believed I had that kind of talent. Producers of a new reality show based in the Chicago area, um, the show is called 3I, or International Indian Icon, are scouting for American and Canadian talent to compete on the show's first season. 
The plan is for the next several seasons to be held uh, in the United Kingdom, South Africa, and Australia. And a fifth season will kind of be a best-of-the-best competition between North America, the United Kingdom, South Africa, and Australia. Any resident of the United States or Canada can perform in three categories, singing, dancing, and instrumentals. You can enter solos, duets, or groups. And what's unique about this competition... Um, at least according to the organizers, is that the first rounds are completely based on online performances and social media. Just upload a video of your performance to the website, which is www.internationalindianicon.com. From there, a combination of public online voting and ratings by a panel of judges will determine who goes on to the next state-level round. After that, online editions will then start, with the best performances in a state receiving the state Indian icon title. From there, the competition goes national in the United States and Canada. And after that, the final round is set for the international Indian icon title in a grand finale in Chicago on December 31st. If you want to register, you need to hurry because registration closes April 30th. Singh is nervous driving his cab now after he says he was attacked and robbed over the weekend by a group of drunk passengers. They took me, took my turban. That time I feel very bad. I'm crying from my inside. The 25-year-old sick cabbie took this cell phone. Because I, like many of you, are sick and tired of hearing stories about sick children being relentlessly bullied and some sick workers being discriminated at work and some sick even being killed because they look different. And I'm sick and tired of hearing these things because they're fundamentally misperception issues. Sick values are American values. That was Gurwin Singh Ahuja, the director of the National Sick Campaign. This organization advocates for Sikhs in the U.S. These are Sikhs and supporters who have realized that the best medicine for hate is to put yourself out there and let the people themselves realize that when it comes down to it, Sikh values are American values. In a minute, I'll bring you my interview with Communications Director Sean Singh Guman, who explains what the National Sick Campaign's newest advertising initiative is all about. But first, I want to take us back to the early 20th century, kind of like in the first episode, when Sikhs were among the first group of Indians to settle in the United States, in the Central Valley of California, from Sacramento down to Fresno and Bakersfield. Swami Vivekananda is widely credited as introducing Hinduism to the United States during the turn of the 19th century. 
news of his and other religious leaders whom succeeded him may have helped shine a light on America as a destination for Indians. But historians are in general consensus that a prime motivating factor for Indians to search for work in the U.S. was none other than the British military moving around the world following Queen Victoria's Jubilee in 1897. And the major group that first immigrated from India wasn't Hindus or Muslims, but Punjabi Sikhs. You see, while Hindus were in the higher end of the economic spectrum in Punjab at the time, Sikhs were laborers and farmers. This is according to a very well-researched and cited book called History of East Indians in America, written by Harold S. Jacoby. I, I highly recommend you know renting this book from the library, ordering it. Um, you know, it's 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 a very good, uh, very good account of the history surrounding Indian Americans. Sikhs, also known for their bravery and skill as soldiers, were highly coveted in their British Royal Army. However, racism still existed, and Sikh soldiers who became disillusioned with their roles longed for a new start. It's believed that as Sikh soldiers passed through Canada during the time, they heard tales that of the ripe, fertile land in the Central Valley of California. They brought these stories back home, and Sikhs, as well as other religious and ethnic groups in India, started coming to the U.S., to work for the lumber mills in Washington State and farms of California, often for lower wages. That irked the locals who felt that these workers were taking their jobs. I don't know about you, but that sounds very familiar to me. Anyways, Sikhs, Muslims, and Hindus, basically anyone immigrating from India, was called a Hindu. Also, the immigrants were almost exclusively Indian men, but as is obvious today, the three religions are as different as they are similar. Sikhism finds its roots in the 15th century with Guru Nanak, who preached a message that the one formless, omnipotent God shouldn't just be worshipped through pilgrimages, meditation, and asceticism, but by good actions. In the last episode, I told you about the Bellingham Riots in Washington State, a reprehensible event in history that a lot of Indian Americans just don't know. While Sikhs didn't have it easy in California, they faced a constant barrage of physical and legislative attacks, most notably from a San Francisco-based group called the Asiatic Exclusion League, which finds its roots out of hatred of Japanese immigrants. As a ship carrying Sikh men docked in 1910, in California, a newspaper ran a story stating, quote, The unbleached members of the great Aryan race are picturesque and odorous. Their aquiline features, framed in white or colored turbans, are pleasing from an artistic point of view. But a blind man whose sense of smell was good could find them without difficulty on board a ship, even with a strong afternoon breeze blowing across the deck. I think we know where the stereotype came from now. Later that year, as a few Sikh women joined their male counterparts, headlines written included, quote, Hindu woman next to swarm to California, and quote, Uncle Sam's domain, now Sikh Mecca. I mean, guys, the parallels are uncanny. Today, while you may not find the craziness in the headlines, you see them in the comments. 
For example, on a very tame Breitbart story, which was just straight-up facts, they didn't include their spin on it, about New York City recently allowing sick cops to wear their turbans and have slight facial hair. One commentator asks, What if someone decides to strangle them to death with that towel on their head? Other comments joke, What's next? A blue burqa for a female Muslim cop? There were also some supportive comments as well, but I think it goes to show the lack of education around Sikhism. But more concerning than that, at least to me, are the attacks against Sikhs that seem to have risen since 9-11. Just earlier this week, cab driver Harkarat Singh from Queens allegedly had his turban ripped off and stolen from a customer. Last month, Sikh American Deep Rai was shot by a masked attacker and told to go back to his own country. And no one in the Indian community can forget the jarring attack white supremacist Wade Michael Page carried out on a Gurdwara in 2012 in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. This attack killed six people and wounded four before Page committed suicide. As Indians reel from several attacks against Hindus and Muslims as well, Sikhs are more easily misidentified as Muslims who face their own slew of hate crimes. I talked with the National Sikh Campaign's Communication Director, Sean Singuman, about the organization and its goals. I, I guess first, um, I wanted to see if you can maybe describe the National Sick Campaign and um, maybe when and where you guys started and what the main goal is. Sure. Um, so the National Sick Campaign was started in March or April of 2014. Um, it, it was, it's a nonprofit organization dedicated to ed- educating the public about the many contributions sick Americans are making in their communities almost every single day, uh, you know, whether it's serving multiple tours in Iraq or Afghanistan, leading Fortune 500 companies, managing family farms, serving as elected officials, or just simply standing up for religious tolerance and providing community service, you know, six are putting into action the values that make America great. And, And our mission is to ensure that more Americans can immediately recognize and understand who sick Americans are what their faith is, uh, and, and how it shapes our significant contributions to American life. Okay, all right, very good. Um, uh, now, I, I know, I, I was kind of researching the organization, and I saw that you guys have commissioned a study or a series of studies with, with the Heart Research Associates. So I just wanted to see if you can tell me about what these studies kind of tell you about Sikhs in America and how and how you guys are addressing that, um, I guess, in the new TV ads and the other activities that you may be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, when we first started the campaign, we always thought and always wanted to have this as data-driven as possible in order to quantify what we want to do and make sure that we're being as methodical as possible. And so when we raised our first 100K and and really kind of started looking into what we wanted to do as a, as a larger effort, we, of course, wanted to ground everything and every activity we did in research. And so uh, we started working with Heart Research Associates, uh, particularly a, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Guerin, who was a strategist for um, lots of political campaigns, and, and even most prominently Hillary Clinton, 
um, earlier on. And, and so uh, Jeff and his team helped us pursue the Sikhism in the United States, what Americans know and need to know research report uh, in January 2015 is when we released it. Um, and, and it was, it was an incredible report. It, it was uh, something that gave us a full lens into where the American psyche had thought about Sikhism. Um, and, and some of the key statistics that really showed was that uh, 60% of Americans know nothing at all about Sikhism. And, and many Americans, when they saw the turban, uh, they often thought of it as someone who's from Middle Eastern descent or um, uh, it just, they, they did not recognize what the servant, what the turban is, who wears them and, and what it signifies. And, and so this wasn't new to us. Uh, we had been, um, kind of a misunderstood faith community for for a long time, particularly after 9/11, uh, when our community started facing a lot of misunderstanding and discrimination and hate violence. Uh, and, and so, you know, while that was one part of the research, the most important part, and I think the part that really has helped shape what we're doing today with the We Are Six effort, is the component of the research that talked about the values of Sikhism and, and how they uh, are received by the general public, a general American public. And what we found was that, you know, our founding uh, tied in other parallels that we have with American history, our belief in gender equality, religious tolerance, um, our dedication to community service, and generally our just belief in hard work and, and a lot of the values that make the religion were really receptive by a, a kind of unaware American audience. And once we kind of started seeing the correlation between just who we are and, and what we believe in with just the general principles and values that make America what it is today, we uh, we had a, a spark and had gone there ever since. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the the TV ad campaign you have launched. Um... Yeah. Um, so We Are Six is the effort or initiative uh, that the National Sick Campaign has now launched to improve awareness of Sikhism and the perceptions of Sikh Americans nationally and local communities throughout the United States. Um, uh, it's it's not only uh, television advertisements, and, and while national advertisements on CNN and Fox News that we're uh, deploying at this moment, actually, um, while that's a huge part of the campaign and one of the first parts of it, this is actually a larger marketing and awareness campaign that will focus on increasing the Sikh American community's presence in national and local news outlets, online platforms like social channels and other digital mediums, and then most importantly, within their own communities and their neighborhoods. We, we are really trying to make this effort a sustainable grassroots campaign that will help local communities create the change that they want to see within their own neighborhoods. And, and so we have launched the We Are Six uh, effort to utilize our tested television advertisements uh, we have a, we, a website, um, weare6.org. Um, we have done some really great uh, press work and really kind of starting the conversation and dialogue around Sikh Americans. And then, of course, just really trying to affect change through our outreach and community work that we're doing. So uh, it's, it's a really good campaign so far, and we've had a tremendous response from the community and the larger um, non-Sikh American public. It's, it's really been great seeing some of the feedback that we've had so far. Why why is it important to kind of launch this campaign now? So this campaign and this idea, um, I, I think it's it's been part of the need in the Sikh American community since 9-11. I, I, 
we've been facing over, I think it's reported over 300 hate crimes since 9-11, and, that, and that's those that are reported. Uh, and that includes the 2012 Temple shooting or the Goodwater shooting uh, in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And, you know, this vicious hate crime, which was the largest act of violence against the faith community in the U.S. since the 1963 church bombing in Birmingham, Alabama, it left six people dead and, and four others wounded. And it was really an impetus for us as a community um, to say that, you know, the misunderstanding and lack of awareness that has been happening since 9-11 hasn't changed. And, and we still um, must take a, a more proactive approach to educating our neighbors. And so, you know, people ask us, does this political environment or anything affect why we're doing it now? And, and I, to that I say no, you know, this campaign would have happened whether it was Hillary in office or, or Donald Trump. Um, we had been wanting to do it for a very long time. We started in 2014, and, and we've been seeing hate violence for multiple administrations. Um, and, and so, you know, many Sikhs experience daily encounters with discrimination and hate incidents that go unreported. And so, you know, we want to now take ownership from informing folks that, you know, our faith and our values are just as American as anything else. And I, I think most importantly, really educating folks on what the turban signifies and uh, what it represents is critical. And that's justice and equality and, and really uh, a readiness to help those in need uh, is what a turban represents. I know, I know the ads focus on this is who we are. This is who, who we are as a people. And can you tell me a little bit about uh, maybe the people behind behind the ads. I know some of them kind of share their personal experiences, um, but can you tell me a little bit about about their experience and maybe uh, I mean, was it maybe a little emotional for for them to explain their own experience? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so we have three ads that we've created. Um, the first one that you may have seen is the the one that's actually being on television right now. It's it's the neighbor we call it the neighbors ad. Um and it's a group of I think we had fifteen to twenty people from the Washington DC suburban area, the DMV area, um, who came to a, a, a local area and we we, sh- we had a wide range of professions and folks and we wanted to show the diversity and voices and faces that make up Sikhism across the board. And um it, it was an incredible ad and, and a lot of the terms, like they said, one of our, we are patriots, we are PTA moms, um, we are small business owners. The person who says that he's a small business owner is actually a small business owner. And, and the person who says that they're a PTA mom is actually a PTA mom. And, and so we just wanted it to be as organic and natural to them. Uh, and, and I think that comes out really well in that ad because it, it's just who they are and, and it's, there's no, um, there's no, there's nothing inauthentic about that ad, and so that was a really strong one. And and the other ad that we have coming out in um, two weeks, or I think it's a week from now, uh, is going to be our values ad. And we had a family in in this area as well, in the, the DC area, um, who you know they just were the all-American sick family. Uh, we had met them, um, and they had been just some someone that had been on our radar, and and they had two young children, uh, just truly similar to me and, and uh, some of the other volunteers, like their children and their family looked like ours growing up. And they just talked about how their values and their religion shape how they act and believe as Americans. And, and I, I, they just authentically kind of talk about the way that 
sick values and American values are hand in hand, uh, are almost identical in several ways of their life. And they talk about how uh, they take their children to school and how uh, Sikhism is, is a moral code that they are imparting on their children that really go work well with how they can be better Americans, more patriotic Americans. And so that ad is really strong because it, it, it personifies the reality of, of how close our values align with one another within our faith and our country. And so um, we, we really love that one because it, it shows just in an in a indirect way how clear um, we really do have uh, uh, such a good grasp of what it means to be an immigrant community in America and living the American dream. Uh, and then finally, our, our last ad, which is the digital ad. Um, the first two were created by AKPD, and this last one, um, it's created by Yellow Line Digital, who's based in San Diego. This ad is a uh, a little bit more of a, a millennial take on Sikhism, and it's it's a group of young Sikh Americans living in Los Angeles in the, the greater L.A. area, uh, talking about their upbringings and why they believe Sikh values are American values, and and just a, a really kind of authentic look at how they've been able to have their faith feed into their lives in America. Um, and, you know, when every time I watch that video, it, it just reminds me of my life. And, and I, we really hope that, you know, other six see that similarity between their life because, um, you know, it, it does a, a really good job of just portraying young sick life and how we've been able to keep our faith and our patriotism really uh, in, in, a, in step two. So it, it, all three are, are really strong and all have tremendous messages that speak to the values that make our religion um, just how great it is. Yeah, and that actually um, kind of uh, goes into my next question. Um, can, can you tell me a little bit about your own experience? Are, are there times where you felt like, you know, there needs to be more education about who I am and who, what I believe in? Yeah, absolutely. You know, growing up as a kid, kids are mean sometimes. I think that's the reality of the situation. And and, I, and being a, a young brown person in America, you face all kinds of stereotypes and, and bullying uh, that you don't believe is justified because you don't realize what these other children are thinking about. And, um, you know, for me in particular, I, I was – sometimes being called names or just being misunderstood and knowing, knowing that I'm a Sikh and, and often assuming, oh, you're a Sikh. Is that an offshoot of Hinduism or is that an offshoot of Islam? Um, and, and just, just you know, that lack of awareness around the fifth largest religion in the world has, has always been clear to me. And so when I uh, became older, it, it was definitely an area of, of my background that I, I wanted to really take control of and and be more uh, proactive in explaining it to my friends and my, my uh, coworkers. And, you know, when, when I got drawn to this campaign, it, it really inspired in me how much this religion has affected my life. Uh, it's sometimes, you, especially when you're young, you don't, you don't realize um, the power of Sunday school and, and going to Gurdwara every Sunday and having your mom give you scripts of Gurbani, which is our, like, prayers, uh, as reminders to improve yourself and always be humble and and uh, and just work hard and and so you know when you're a kid it, it's it's always quite a questioning like why 
Uh, and when you get older, it's, it's a questioning of, of how and what. And so, um, I think my personal story has has is the not the epitome of, of the sixth story in America, but uh, it's certainly uh, something that has inspired me to take this mission to heart. Okay, very good. Um, uh, now just kind of going back to the um, to the ad campaign, where where are the ads playing? Um, so we are doing the national component of the launch, uh, which was on Vesakhi Day, April fourteenth which is a, a sick holiday that celebrates the harvest and also the birth of our religion um, in a more formal way. This campaign is going to start nationally, and, and then we're going to pivot to Fresno, um, which is significant because it has a very large sick population, but it's been a hotbed of uh, violence around sick. Um, and, and so it, it was a natural way for us to really kind of take the tools and messaging that we've developed over the years and kind of implement them to see how well we can actually create quantifiable change. And when I say quantifiable, uh, we are we are doing pre-polling, um, a full-on statistically significant research polling prior to launching the campaign. And then at the end of the uh, still in the works, but maybe two, one to two to three-month campaign that we're, we're going to do in Fresno, around two, um, we're going to do a post-poll. Uh, so we'll be doing online, television, grassroots events, all that kind of outreach that we're doing, um, and then kind of testing at the end to see what was the actual change in awareness uh, through all these efforts and, and resources spent and time. Um, and hopefully, uh, if all goes well, well, we'll see a significant impact. And, and more importantly, we're taking the tools that we're using, the, the messaging, the the know-how, the wherewithal that we've gained through this experience and creating a, a more long-lasting document or kind of toolkit uh, that we want to provide to other communities throughout the country so that they can do their own local campaigns and, and create the change uh, in their communities and, and grow that awareness. And, and, of course, we're not done after Fresno. Uh, we're looking at other communities like Phoenix and, and a few others where we can uh, do a similar version of what we did in Fresno and, and kind of keep this momentum going uh, in as many years as possible. We want this obligation to share our story and our values of gender equality, religious tolerance, racial equality with our neighbors. We have seen that our community is threatened by ignorance and hate of others, uh, but it's only being compounded by our own silence. And so we believe that we have to tell these stories because proactive interaction and outreach to our neighbors clearly makes our community stronger. And by being inclusive, we can contribute to the hard work of fulfilling America's promise of one nation united. And it's just, you know, important that we at this point in time begin to educate folks about the fifth largest religion in the world. And, and we've been in this country for over a century, and it, it's just about time that we uh, kind of just educate folks. Uh, hey, I, thanks again um, for telling us uh, about, you know, about the campaign, about the ad campaign. Um and appreciate you having you on here. Absolutely. Well, thank you, because I, I really uh, appreciate you having me on, and um, I hope to to be in touch soon with more and, and more success. You know. One 
part of the sick campaign's polling data that sticks out to me shows 60% of Americans know little to nothing about Sikhs, with most of them assuming pictures of men or boys in turbans are of Muslim or Middle Eastern descent. But when told about the religion, beliefs, and history in the United States, nearly two out of three adults have a strong favorable reaction to Sikhs. Break that down further, and you see that the greatest increase in favorable views towards Sikhs upon knowing more information are in senior-aged men who identify as Republican and live in rural areas in the South. The reason for changing their outlooks? The parallels with American history. You can check the data for yourself at SikCampaign.org. If you want to check out the new advertisements, go to WeAreSikhs.org. Or go to firesidechai.com for a full set of links. Well, that wraps up the second episode of Fireside Chai. As I said in the beginning of the episode, I'll be providing weekly news updates. But I am working on several other episodes, including one where I hope to interview Indian Americans who are either holding or running for elected office. I hope to bring other people on the show as well to discuss the latest news. So again, if you'd like to be on the episode, please just email me at firesidechai at gmail.com. And please subscribe, listen, and rate this podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Until our next chai.